This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So do you have like someone in your life that you're looking up to, a a spiritual mentor, someone that is ahead of you spiritually? Well, today, what if you and I imagined that Abraham was our mentor? What if you and I said, what would it be like for me to be more like Abraham? I'm Pastor Doyle from the church next door, and we're doing a study right now about real promise, the reality of God, the real, and putting it into place in our life. See, I know a lot of people that study the information of the Bible, but what we really need is to apply it to our life. And today, this is all application. This is about how do I apply the Bible? How do I apply what I've learned from Abraham to my life? We're going to look at what it means to have a meaningful life, to have an active life, and to have a family life. Now, even if you're single, you're still part of a family, and that's why this becomes important. You're part of God's family. So let's take some time to look today at what it means to have a meaningful life, an active life, or a family life, and we're going to use Abraham, that's right, Abe is still kind of our mentor and our example of faith. Don't go anywhere. This is your next step. We're going to take the lessons from Abraham and apply it to your world right now, every day. Your world is important, so let's make it more like Abraham. I'm Pastor Doyle from the church next door. Read Psalm 1. A tree transplanted is what it says there. The blessed life has transplanting involved. And so God will move you from where you are. All right? Genesis chapter 12, verse 6. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who has appeared to him. This is why the Jewish people have returned home. I've got a picture for you. This is 1986 of me when I went to Shechem. And um, I want to show you where Abraham went to. That's a picture of me. Uh, Same hair, good hair, always good hair. All right. (laughs) And over to my left, you'll see a round circle. Maybe hard for some of you guys to see over here. But, but, But that's Shechem. Now, this is a whole huge valley, and and up here on the left, you see these trees. This is Mount Gerizim, and on the other side of the valley is Mount Ebal. Now, these two mountains is where God brought the people of Israel after they came out of Egypt. They're taking the land, and Joshua brings them in. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 15, 16, and 17, and he puts half the people on Mount Gerizim, and half the people on Mount Ebal over there, Ebal is bald, no trees growing on, okay? And he says, if you will hear my voice and you will obey me, I will make you a blessed people. But if you ignore me and choose your own way, you will be cursed. And that's how he tells them, 
choose to obey my voice. Now, this is where God planted that promise in the midst of time and history and humanity. And the well is still there at Shechem. And as you can see, people still live there. And you and I have a choice. We can be like Abraham and we can listen to God's voice. Think about this. The people of Israel, they, they were planted in Egypt and God transplanted them and brought them back to the promised land. Listen, I don't know where you are right now, but if you are being, if you are being shaken up and the dirt's being shaken off your roots, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, because he's doing something in your life. He's doing something. Okay? In Genesis 22, the Lord visits Abram again, and this time he shows him the stars of the sky. And he says, Abram, he's changing his name now. All the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. You have obeyed me. What's he doing? He changes Abraham's identity. He says, Abraham, you've left your past and you've come to follow me. I'm giving you a new identity. I'm working through your life. And if you will continue to obey me, if you'll continue to listen to my voice, if you'll continue, this is my promise to you. I will not just bless you. I'll bless the whole world through you. Now, why is that important? Because you and I need to understand that God's blessing in your life is not for you alone. God blesses you to bless others. God is looking for a people that will pass out his love, his hope, and his new life. But you have to obey him. And I'm sorry, but it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But what's God wanting to do? God's people. He wants to make a family under his leadership. See, when God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, if you can obey my voice, then you can be a part of my family. He's trying to make us family under his leadership, under his identity. And when you and I, we come from broken families, every one of us in this room, every one of us, I include myself in that. Abraham's family was just as messed up as yours and mine. We look at ourselves and say, no way God could use me. My family's a wreck. God gives you a new family. Doesn't mean you still aren't part of their family. All right? Listen, you may not like your family. They're still your family. And when God brings you into his family, you may say, well, I don't like the church. <laughs> we family now. I've heard my brothers every once in a while complain about me. Little brother this, little brother that. I said, you didn't choose me, God did. <laughs> you see, you and I have to learn to love our family. And guess what? Sometimes the church ain't perfect. One of the things that God talks about is the, is the family of God. That's what God has always called us. And what God said to Abraham is, I'm going to make you part of a family. Now, if you've come from a broken family, it's been hurtful in this life, I want you to know something. We won't be perfect. The church won't be perfect. Okay? But what I can tell you is this. We're going to get it right some of the time. And we're going to love you as much as possible. And we all need a family. What did, how did Jesus teach, teach the disciples to pray? He said, pray, our Father in heaven. 
because God wants us to be a part of his family. Let me tell you a little bit about Abraham's story. Abraham, the Bible tells us about Abraham and how he left Ur of the Chaldees. And I think one of the, one of the things that, that, that we struggle with over Abraham is we think that his life was perfect. It wasn't. In Joshua, Joshua's gathering the people around him and he's trying to direct them as they go into this new land and all this. And he, and he reaches back into history and tells them where they came from. In your notes, I gave you this. It's from Joshua chapter 24 too. This is where Abraham produces this great nation many years later. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. So Joshua now is now speaking in a prophetic voice. This is what God says about Abraham, all right? Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. God says, you need to know, this all started, this all started with Terah, an idol worshiper, a false worshiper. Now, what's it mean to be an idol worshiper? It means that they look to a source other than God to be the source for their life. You and I can be idol worshipers. We can, we can worship material things. We can, we can, we can worship, we can think that, that, that drugs or alcohol will give us peace. Trust me, it won't, okay? We can think that a relationship will give us peace. Those are all false idols. What God says is you've got to worship me. The Jewish rabbis, when they talk about Terah, you know what they say he was? They say that he was actually an idol maker. Yeah. That Abraham was born into a wealthy household in an urban world that made their living off of selling people false gods. And so when God takes the, the people of Israel into the land, he says, please don't do that. Please do not go back to worshiping false gods. Please do not begin to believe that any source other than me can meet your life. And every time you and I look to a source other than God to bring us hope, peace, and life, we're looking to an idol. And we can even idolize ourselves. Please know this, okay? We can believe that we can solve all our problems. Listen, if I could solve all my problems, I would have done it. I needed help. I needed help. And God has been my help. And that's what I invite you to. And that's what, that's what Abraham had to learn. Now, what happened? Abraham leaves there. He leaves Ur of the Chaldees, and, and then he makes his way to, to Shechem, where we said. He gets into the promised land, and he's like builds an altar there. He's doing really good. Now, this is what I want you to remember about Abraham. It's a great comfort to me. Abraham did not always get it right. Did you hear me? The reason I know that the story of Abraham is not fiction because it always having get it, get it, he'd have him get it right all the time. It tells us his flaws, his mistakes. But let me tell you this about Abraham. He did get it right when it mattered. See, you don't have to always get it right, but you do need to get it right when it matters. So when does it matter? When it matters is this, is when you're trusting God 
for your hope of your life, when you're trusting God for your future and your salvation. What do I mean about when he didn't get it right? He gets into the land. He finds Shechem. He builds an altar there. He worships God. Thank you, God. You've led me to the land. I found where you were leading me to. So he knew within himself. He recognized he was in the place that God wanted him to be. Then a famine hits. A famine hits. A tough day. A hot day. A dry day. Doesn't matter. Whatever you want to call it. And suddenly, what does he do? His first decision is to go to Egypt. Now, why does he go to Egypt? Because they had a big city. See, Abraham was a city boy. You say, well, how do you know he was a city boy? Because you don't sell idols in an open field where there's a bunch of grass. You need people that buy idols. Okay? You cannot sell Coca-Colas in the middle of a field in nowhere if no one's out there hiking. And you don't sell idols that way. He was a city dweller. And when God called him out and uprooted him, he took him away from the posh life, the nice life, the beautiful life. And he said, you're going to be a shepherd. You're going to live in a tent. Well, God, I thought you were going to bless me. Did you know them sheep stink? Did you know they smell 24-7? And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you and I, we go from where God has us, he transplants us, and we said, you know, my new life kind of stinks. Yep. But are you going to rely on me? If you thought God's blessing in your life meant that everything was going to be rosy and sweet smelling, you might not have been listening to God. What did Satan say to Jesus? He said, hey, if you'll worship me, I'll give you all this. See, that's the tempter. What God says is, if you rely on me, I'll be with you wherever you go. I'll be through the, the dark places and the light places. I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that's what Abraham was in. Famine hits, and you know what he does? He runs to Egypt. Why does he run to Egypt? Because he thinks that, that city life is more secure. And he gets down there, and he's got this gorgeous babe of a wife. I believe that Sarah, I believe this, I believe that Sarah was actually a princess of the ancient world. She would have been a diva. She was more accustomed to city life and the bright lights and the red carpet than she was to tents and sheep. That's why she seems so grumpy when I read her in the Bible sometimes. All right. It's why I think Lot chose to go down by Sodom and Gomorrah. He grew up in the city, and that looked better than the hill country of Judea. Okay? So they come riding in to Egypt, and um, Abraham leads over, I guess from his camel, huh, and he says, when we get there, tell him you're my sister. Now, why is he saying that? Because she's an awesome babe. And he's worried they're going to kill him and take her. And what happens? As, as, as soon as the king sees her, he's like, wow. Whew. She's a goddess. She's a goddess. This, this woman, I, I, there's no one else like her. 
and he takes her in. Why, why, why can she do it? Why can she, why can she handle that world? She knows that world. She's not thrown by it. She's been worshiped before. Now, what's the problem with this? This is when they're missing God. They're going back to trusting in themselves and it gets them in a whole world of hurt. They finally figure it out and they have to repent. That's why I say Abraham missed it at times, but he got it when it counted. Later, God says to him, the son that I've given you, I want you to go to the mountain and offer me a sacrifice. He says, yes, Lord. On the way, Isaac looks at him and says, Daddy, we've got wood. We've got fire. But where's the sacrifice? Isaac, the Lord's going to provide. You think Isaac ever forgot that day? Yeah. That's how it got passed on down. If you're a daddy in this room, let me ask you a question. Have you passed on the truth of Jesus Christ to your children? Do they know that you have a conviction and the depth of your heart that no matter what, he is the source and he is the answer for your life? If not, better get to work. That's your job. See, the question is this. Will I get it right when it counts? Will I get it right when it counts? And that's what counts. Will you make some mistakes? Let me tell you something. Everybody in this room has made mistakes, self-included. But I want to get it right when it counts. Don't believe Billy Joel. The good don't die young. Better get it right. That's why I'm in. I'm all in. Okay, so what should you, you and I take away from Abraham? What should we take away? I'm going to give you three things, three things to take away from Abraham. They're powerful. You can do them, all right? This is not beyond your capacity. Number one, live a meaningful life. What's that mean? Live an active, far-reaching faith. This is what I mean by an active, far-reaching faith. A far-reaching faith does not just save me, it impacts others. Have a faith that says God will do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you what he's done for me. That's what real people do. That's what this series is about. Get real with people. Get real the way Abraham's story is real. Tell people the mistakes you've made and when you got it right. Begin to share your story like his story. If we didn't have his story, we wouldn't know how to live a meaningful life. You live a life not for yourself, but for the one who gave you life. That's a meaningful life, okay? Number two, live what I call an active life. That means trusting God impacts my daily living. Trust that God will impact every day of your life. Lord, what is it you want me to do today? God, if there's anything that you want me to do today, let me do that. I want to be guided by you. I want to be directed by you. God, I want to learn to recognize your voice and obey it. Lord, sometimes I'll pray. I'll be, I got to go to the store or something. And I'll say, Lord, if there's somebody that I need to doc, talk to when I'm in the store, show it to me. Now, what that does is that prepares my heart. It cues me up so I'm ready to serve God. I'll be walking through Walmart, you know, and I'll see some mama 
with a basket full of groceries and a child sitting there just wailing. And I'll walk over and I'll say, I want you to know something. You're a good mama, no matter what that one says right now. (laughs) Why? Because when I had little ones and they were behaving that way, I needed some encouragement to keep on going. You're just trying to get out of the store. And that's just part of having kids. But if I don't encourage that person, I've missed my job. Sometimes he'll bring someone into me at, at, at the grocery and I'll be, all right, well, could we pray about that? I don't know why these people will start these conversations with us. It could be because I told God I'm willing to be light in a world that needs it. Ask him every day to let your life. Now, is it going to impact your decisions? Yeah, it's going to impact where you live. It's going to impact where you go to school. Why? Because my faith impacts my decisions. Someone told me this morning about a friend who just moved all across the country, got there, and they have no church. They have no family. They have nobody there. They moved without thinking about the spiritual implication of that move. For shame, for shame, for shame, to quote Gormor Pyle. God is the one that should determine the moves of your life. Not self, because self will get you in a ditch. Last one, family life. Live as a part of God's family. Live as a part of God's family. Look what it says here in Galatians chapter 3. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ, Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You and I are part of the family of God. Live every day with that reality. Realize that your family now, your family now looks a whole lot like the people around you. (laughs) You got people of every age group, every color and every tribe. Why? Because that's what God's family looks like. That's why I love this place. That's why I love you because I'm part of a family with you. Here's our, here's our closing confession. All right. If you want to say that with me, I invite you to stand. And this is what I want you to think about is we say, if we, as we say that line, if there's anything that I need to leave behind, if there's something right now that, you know, if you know, you know, for sure in your life, it needs to be left behind. It's something that's been holding you back. I want you just to just to mentally and emotionally just say, I'm going to leave it here today, God. I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to walk out with you. All right. Let's say it together. God, help me see what to leave behind. Keep me from the temptation of trusting my wisdom over yours. I want to share in the promise and blessing of Abraham. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing? Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. 
Hey, let's take a moment to pray for people in ministry. They need us. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name because that's the only reason we're allowed to come before you. It's his goodness. It's his righteousness. And and your word says that you, you give the gift of leadership to the local church, to, to ministry. In, in Ephesians 4, it says that, that you gifted the church apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers. And so, God, we come before you right now and we say thank you for the gifts. We say thank you for the, the people that are serving in our nation uh, as, as pastors and teachers and, and prophets and evangelists. Lord, the people that are planting churches, we thank you for that. But God, we have a, a, a global perspective. We're praying that you will raise up leaders, not only in our nation, but throughout the throughout the earth, Lord. There are people that need ministries that will feed the hungry and and take care of the, the poor and the orphans and the widows. This is all part of the plan. And so we're praying for a new generation. We're praying for young men and women to be raised up, to go in, to, to help people. And God, we need women that are godly that can help these, these young girls that are being human trafficked and we need men that that care about what what's going on in our world we need people that believe that the bible is the word of god that the gospel of jesus christ is powerful and so god we're asking you to to review and refresh the leaders in ministry and yes lord you are the vine tender and we pray right now that you will provide everything that we need for the ministry of your body the church in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address, your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.